He's back from South Beach to Scarborough, Ontario. Carlo Koliakovo back in the saddle this morning here on First Up, the special Valentine's Day edition of the program. What's up, big dog? What's going on? I'm back, buddy. I am back. Honestly, I'm not really sure how I feel about it just yet. Well, (laughs) coming back from vacation, I can tell you how you should feel. You should feel terrible because that is a uniform response to the return. You're down there in the sun. You're playing golf. You're eating spaduch and gabagool with the boys for five days. And now you're back in this dingy studio sitting across the the way from me. uh, It was a well-needed recharge of the batteries. To say, because it was my first getaway in almost four years. Um, it had some relaxing moments. It had some tense moments. But uh, all in all, it was a well-needed vacation. I had an unbelievable time. The weather in Florida is absolutely incredible. It's the best place. You know what, like, <laughs> It really like, is the like, best. It, it honestly, like... I can't remember the last time I was in Florida. Probably was during my travels of, of being an NHL hockey player. But just the air over there. Mm. It's so mm. different. Mm. Like you just... Salt in the air you from the ocean. You feel alive when you're there. And there's days when you're here that you just feel meh. Like, you know, M-A-H or M-E-H. Meh. There, there you just... From the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, even when you're sleeping, everything about it, you just feel alive. Literally, for five days straight, this was my cycle. Eat, golf, eat, lounge, repeat. Oh, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, that's the life. But you, you talk about it, you feel alive. Why do you think all the old people from Ontario go down to Florida and live there in the winter, like my parents? Yeah. They're like, all right, well... You know how we're gonna, you know, accelerate or uh, decelerate the aging process. So we're gonna head down to it, Florida. It's so true because in the in the area that I was staying at at my buddy's place down in West Palm, the it's almost like a compound where it's a gated community. Ev- almost everybody who lives in that gated community is either from another place in the country that have resided there full time. But again, it's just, it's, it's so many people that come together to to create their own little community and they just enjoy life. Like literally they really do. People just travel around in the compound in golf carts. (laughs) It's, it's amazing. Well, you've heard me say this so many times, how my goal is to retire at 55 and move to Florida full time and do nothing else. And I'm sure you could understand just being there for the last five days. Like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So much sense. That makes a lot of sense. And of course, no, financially, you're going to need to make some astute decisions in order to get to that place. And I've made some not so astute investments as you know, you are well aware of in the last couple of years. But in any case, that's what I work for. That's all I think about. It's like, I don't I'm 34 years old right now, but 21 years from now, I'm getting that math right, right, fellas? I will be down there in Florida, West Palm, chilling with your buddy, ride, buddies riding in the golf cart in the gated community while you're here hosting Montreal Canadian panels. Right. As he's crazy. Aside from the weather, okay, I don't understand how the cost and the way of life over there is so 
drastically different than the costs and the way of life here. Like, well, what, what are you referring to exactly? Homes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, yeah. You get a three, four bedroom home for 500 grand. It, it really doesn't add up, right? Like, think what's the more desirable place to live? Toronto, where it's cold for seven months of the year, or Florida, where it's pristine, although the summers are you pretty junk. You can't get a condo here for 500 grand. No chance. The, the summers are pretty bad in Florida. I mean, it's hot. It's like 35 every it's day. It's gross. Too. No, no, not like that. It's like a disgusting humidity where, no, you don't want to be. But talking like September to May, September to eight to even April, that's how it's done. The snowbirds know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And, and then like, that's you, where you're you going to be soon. in a gated community and like <laughs> people cut your grass. No they, way. They chop your trees. They, they, I don't know, they do everything. And it's like, what world are we living in over here? It's amazing, man. Where uh, all they do is gouge you for everything. Well, it's it's funny because it's not like Florida. I mean, you go to Arizona where the waste management and the Super Bowl was this past weekend. Yeah, that's becoming a very popular spot it too is. for people to move to. And I don't know if it has anything to do with politics or just the general malaise of the last couple of years. And maybe the realization of people is like life is fleeting. And yeah. I'm not going to waste any more time. But I mean, there's just redeeming qualities about Toronto as well. Like what? I don't know. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> any, any ideas? What's Texas ten. Texas ten fifty fifty. Summer, it's awesome. Summer, the this our, our city is incredible. It's a perfect spot. The weather's great. So much cool stuff to do in the area. Golf's great. There's just so many people that you're around. Like, like. When I landed in Florida, it literally <laughs> took me from the time I got off the plane to the time got a, that I got into my cab, 30 minutes. Were you, 30 minutes. Were you from Lauderdale or from Miami? From West Palm. No, no. Where'd you land? In West which, Palm. Which Air Palm? Oh, there's West Palm Airport? There's a West Palm wow, Airport. I didn't know that. Fancy. Okay. 30 minutes from the time I got off of my plane into the cab. Last night I got home. It literally took me 30 minutes from the, from the gate to customs. <laughs> then you get into customs and it's like, okay, massive line everywhere. This is at 9:30 at night on a Monday. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it really beats your trip there as and opposed then to your trip back. I have to wait another 45 minutes for my <laughs> luggage. Oh, yeah. Then, I guess, I guess AK, you had I guess you had to to check if you were bringing golf clubs. AK, it's about 10:30, 10:45 where I get into my cab. Maybe even closer to 11 o'clock. There's traffic on the 401 at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. It is very confounding. Why? I don't get it, man. But and I'm thinking to myself, like, what it I is. live five days, like, Paradise. no stress, Paradise. no nothing. I come here, and the minute I land, it's like it's, it's shoved right into your face, and it's like, ugh. What, what, what was the Super Bowl viewing experience like for you? Like, what was going on in, like, you guys all, all congregated, what, 12 of you? In your buddy's condo, or yeah. you guys go some go somewhere to watch it? No, we all hung out um, at my buddy's place. Um, it, it was so we golfed in the morning. We came back. We had an early lunch. Guys sort of lounged for a bit, you know, maybe took some power naps, and then we all got together just before game time. We had a nice little big barbecue that was done, and we just hung out between you know the the sitting area and you know the screen door that went to the outside patio that's where everybody congregated and it was just so relaxing like and it was an unbelievable game like oh I, yeah it was like, it was awesome i i love the, the game NFL because already. i had no dog in the fight i had no skin in the game 
And it was just excitement after excitement. And then the one thing that really turned me off and set me off was the way the game ended. Yeah, we had Darren Dreger on yesterday. He brought up the fact that you went on an expletive-filled rant on Twitter. Has your perspective on the holding call changed no. in lieu of James Bradbury Not admitting? One bit. Okay. Not one bit. Why is that? Because it almost seemed like that third down play, the referees were looking to call something. <laughs> okay, but what, what does and, that have to do with James Bradbury admitting Hear me it? out. Hear me out. The reason why I say they were looking to call for something instead of waiting for a call to happen is because regardless of what Bradbury said, you could call a holding call on every play in the NFL. Did Juju Smith-Schuster react like he was held on that play? Is that a question, or are you just it's posting a, a rhetorical it's one? It's a question. Um, if you watch that not, he was video, trying to run through. I mean, he was definitely held. Whether it should have been a call or not is, is debatable. Definitely held. It was a small tug at the at the, at the, at the, the spin yeah. of his play. I mean, you could debate whether or not it should have been called, but it was a hold by definition. I, get, was, I don't think it should have been called get, either, but... Normally, I get upset when I watch the NFL and I see guys complain every time they don't make a catch. Because they're like, they're always waving for the flag signal. Juju Smith-Schuster did not react one bit on that play like he was held. He basically ran his route normally. Didn't react to the referee for a flag call, nothing. Flag was called, decided the game. So because Juju Smith-Schuster didn't flop, it wasn't a penalty? Isn't that normally how things stand out in a play? No, he was trying at the ball. I mean, he wasn't wasting his time again, going full LeBron. Again, when a player can't catch the ball, there's a reason why they normally can't catch the ball. is because they're impeded, right? Mm-hmm. Normally, you can tell by the reaction of a receiver whether or not his play, his route was impeded and it stopped him from making the play. Juju Smith-Schuster ran a regular route, did not look like he stopped at all, did not react at all like he was impeded from making a play on the ball, and the referee still called for the so, so you wanted Juju to, like, flail his arms and fall down? No, what I'm saying like, is I, I don't that get it. That's the, that's the take I, you came back to Toronto with. Well, clearly you see it your way. You're not understanding the way. I, I, I don't. I, I really don't. i got to be honest. All I'm saying is that play could have easily went without being called. Oh, I agree with that 100%, but okay, so, Juju not flopping doesn't have anything to do with it. When you watch a play and you watch a receiver react to a play, normal doesn't that normally indicate something happened on the play? I mean, yeah, there's times so when, when a receiver doesn't. There's doesn't times react. when receivers flop. There's times when NBA players, NHL players yes. flop, and there's times they don't. But a penalty is a penalty. I mean, regardless not, of look, how a, a player reacts. At the game, at the moment of the game, that should not have been. I oh no, I agree with that. But I mean. I don't care it was, what it was Bradbury a, It was said. a ticky-tack thing. To me, thing. Bradbury, at the end of the day, probably didn't want to get fined because he knew it was the last game of the season, and he decided to go out the, the honorable way. Because easily, if I was the coach of that team, I would have lost my mind. If but, you, I, but you notice nobody else on Philadelphia was losing their yeah, mind either. They, they just took the, the high road. They're like, you know what? We're not going to bother at this. It's the end of the season. I'm not going to sit here and make a big deal out of it. It's a Super Bowl. We played a great game, and I don't want to receive a fine when I'm on my... A uh, one-way ticket to Thailand Ooh, the Cliff that Kingsbury. most people go to. So, But Sirianni, if I was Sirianni, there's two things for Sirianni. One, I'm upset at the way my team played in the second half because clearly they weren't the same team. And two, I'd be furious that in a game where the referees, look, they called an amazing game because for the most of the game, I agree. they let the players play. Ultimately, unless it's that egregious... 
where the guy is basically held from running his route? Let the players play and decide. Would anybody have complained if there was no flag on that play? Yeah, probably at the end. There would have been a debate, but not as much as they complained the fact that there was a flag. Exactly. Yeah, And that's, that's the sure. point I'm trying no, to make. No, no, I, again, I think there's most people who... I didn't, like I said, I didn't it. care who won or who lost. I had no... I was with a couple buddies that were Eagles fans, and clearly they were irate. Oh, but yeah, the, of course. Like, like, to me, as a fan, watching a game that's that exciting, wouldn't it have been better... A better viewing experience if oh Jalen Hurts got Kansas an opportunity City kicks a field goal there and Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles have a minute fifty four left on the clock oh. to try to come back and either tie the game win the game who would have loved to see an overtime in the Super Bowl what could have been I mean what would have been so exciting to see Hurts try to drive down instead, the field and maybe even score I mean forget the field goal could have scored and won the game it was a very distinct instead, possibility for a fifteen minute period there. Between the end of the game and, and until Bradbury actually spoke, everybody, everybody who was watching that game was basically saying the refs ruined that game. Yeah, well, they definitely tainted the game. I think that's a fact. And the end of that game, that, that really sucks. I don't know what to, to make of it in retrospect. I think Bradbury coming out and saying, yeah, I, I held and that was it, that kind of muted some of the outrage from a lot of people, and rightfully so. I mean, I, you can maybe listen to it. If he said... That wasn't a penalty. He's not getting fined for that. If he went off and started swearing at the refs like, like you did, then, yeah, I mean, sure, he would have got fined for that. Well, but he could have come out and said, I think that was a terrible call. He wouldn't and, get fined. You don't and, get fined and, for that. And, again, the reason why I got so irate is because two games in a row with the Kansas City Chiefs, the last play of the game was decided by a referee. That's, that's not true. The, ref, those, the, the, the Cincinnati play wasn't decided by a referee. It was decided by Joseph Asai making a stupid again, decision. Well, it's stupid decision or not, at the end of the day... You call there, a penalty when there there's a penalty. There was an embellishment by Mahomes on that play that drew the flag. He hit him while he was out of bounds on that play, and then there was a hold, that, okay. um, um, a small one, albeit a small hold that shouldn't have been called, but it was a debatable one, and ultimately... In the NFL, well. you can call a hold on every That's play. Well, you can't if there's no contact, so... Okay. I mean, again, um, I in any case... I didn't show up a day, a week after vacation to get into an argument yes. with you. Yes. Well, I mean, that's what we got for four hours about, to, about a, to debate, a, a to debate this. But uh, I'm glad you're back, buddy. We got a ton of stuff to get to today. Chris Johnson will join us at 745. And, man, there's a lot of buzz in the NHL. Trade winds are swirling all over the place. With regards to Eric Carlson and the Edmonton Oilers, Jacob Chikrin, where is he going to go? And Timo Meyer. I mean, it sounds like the Leafs are very much interested in him. The Leafs play the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow evening down at Scotiabank Arena. We'll talk to Keegan Matheson as well from MLB.com from Dunedin. The Jays are back. We saw Bo Bichette speaking yesterday. We saw a number of the Blue Jays pitching and catching guys reporting. So very exciting stuff to get to all morning long. And, of course, it is Valentine's Day as well. So perhaps some romantic discussions coming up in the duration of those four hours. All right, here we go. Coley Akvo's back. I am Aaron Karolnik. First up continues TSN 1050. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody listening to us this morning at 620. Hopefully you have something special planned for your significant others. Oh! And I definitely had something planned for my significant crew over here <laughs> this morning. 20 Fingers Cheese AK. As uh, McDonald's has been very, very friendly to us this morning because I... Brought in some McDonald's breakfast for the gang. It was interesting that you added a Cialis on top of the Egg McMuffin. I don't know why you did that. 
Did it fall out of my pocket? Yeah, I don't oh, know. Wow. Faye fell out of mine. It's crazy. You shout out to Felix Hell. Use it. <laughs> I was listening to the, uh, the radio this morning, and um, obviously, I just wanted some music to come in, and I can't believe the amount of sex talk that was being oh. that was being shared on a specific FM station this morning. Okay, and it just got me thinking, like, you know, some of the meant to be moments that. I shared this past weekend, and I think I shared this story with you, but during my travels on Wednesday on my flight to Florida, I was in a conversation with a random passenger, and we got talking, you know, what does he do for a living, what do I do for a living, and I shared what I do for a living, I said I work at TSN, It's like, oh, really, TSN, yeah, that's that sports station, it's like, yeah. My daughter used to work at TSN. I was like, really? Yeah, she, she actually used to date somebody at oh, TSN. okay. I was like, okay, cool. Do you have any idea who that person is? <laughs> uh, no, but he worked in radio. I was like, okay, you're getting closer. Like, is it Al's brother? I work in radio. Like, <laughs> There's like ver- ver- the virtually like no people who do work in radio. I was like, do you know what like, the guy's name was? He's like, no, it was a while ago. I forgot. But you know what? When we land, I'll, I'll message my daughter. So we get talking and stuff. We all go back to our seats. The flight so you were lands. sitting next to this guy? No, I wasn't. I was... We, I ended up, we were standing in the bathroom area because of the line while we were up in the air. We just start chatting because uh, he was a dentist and, you know, I was having, it was sort of like he was eavesdropping. And so when the flight lands, he waits for me and he, he gets my attention. He goes, hey, by the way, my daughter used to date Aaron Karolnik and I'm... I, as soon as he said that, I'm like, you got to be kidding Small me. world, man. Small How world. How the hell did this happen? A lot of people's daughters used to date me. Am I but right? <laughs> Give it to me, Chrissy. Okay, doesn't want to do it. I'm on a flight to Florida. My first flight in four years. And I meet some random person. And the person tells me that his daughter used to date the it's person true. that I work with every day. It's that is a ridiculous coincidence. How the when hell you, does that happen? When you texted Corrado and I that story, I was <laughs> looking at my phone. I was like, "What in the world is going on on this? How the hell does that happen? Small world, and it really is. I mean, that was an incredible tale, and I'm just like, "Wow, that is." You obviously special. know the, the name of the girl that oh, she yeah. said to me. I didn't just Sadly. make this up. No, no, that's oh no, definitely. You know, it, it all it all adds up. That's a real story. <laughs> it's a that's real a real story. story. Yeah, didn't hear from her though, but just a good thing to be honest. But in so any case, so after I told you on Wednesday. There was no reaching out and say, "Hey, small world, your no. dad ran into." No, it, it's so not. So. Uh, no, not the best of terms. No, okay. No. All right. Too bad. Too bad for her. Mostly. I couldn't believe it. No, no, incredible. Incredible stuff. I literally, I went back and I go, guys, you'll never believe what happened to me on the plane. I ran into yeah. somebody <laughs> whose daughter was dating my, yeah. my co-host. Radio partner. I know. That's, that was an amazing. I actually forgot you had told me that story until now. And I'm glad you brought that up because the odd coincidence with that is something amazing. unparalleled. Like, do you think unparalleled. You talk about small world and like meant to be. You like, told him to subscribe to the podcast, right? Of course. Yeah, now nice. he's going to listen every he day. Better. Another new listener. Yeah, and we need, we need to keep tallying those and up. I was but, like, 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 you talk about a meant to be moment. It's like, how the hell does that happen? <laughs> and of all people, you dated at TSN. The guy that I work with every Well, day. she doesn't work at TSN. You said she works at TSN. She... 
is she not. She used to work at No, she didn't. Sorry, sorry, no. She used to date somebody. Oh, yeah, me, yes. yes. But uh, she I never worked at TSA. No, no. No, I would saying, never. Like, I would never. You know, we don't. You know, somebody. we don't mix work and work in politics. Yes. We play here, here yes. at TSA. You know, yes. we we, uh, we. Yes, it is. It is. But go oh, some text coming in, enjoying the story. We're gonna guess that's Tyler from Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> He's loving it. He's loving it. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. Yeah, I love that I'm story. Like, like, talk about getting my my trip off to a good start. I'm like, well. I mean, I guess suppose the circumstances in which you met this fellow a little bit precarious, yeah, very but precarious. In any case, you met him, and uh, what was that guy's name? I never met him actually, but um, I Elliot think, was the guy. Elliot, why, Elliot. Weidman, yeah, or yeah, Weidman? yeah. Um, yes. That's right. I do recall he was a dentist. That was a couple of years ago now. But in any case, <laughs> uh, that's some good stuff. That is some very good stuff, and I, I really enjoyed that story. Uh, it's such a small world, and uh, yeah, shout out to. Dr. Weedman. But remember going on my trip, my biggest concern was my back and the condition my back was in and whether or not I could golf the four days in a row that we had planned. Dude, it wasn't even an issue over there. The sun beating down cures all ailments. The air, the sun. I could not believe I actually golfed four days in a row and had no complaints about it. Like normally. It is a miracle. And, and, and I guess it's different when you compare it to life here because you're working in the morning and there are longer days and stuff like that. Like, literally, I, you know, you're, you're on vacation. You wake up, you get up, you go golf, and you're in relax mode. And, and, like, when we left yesterday, I was like, man, if it wasn't Valentine's Day or if it wasn't, like, family day I'd coming stay up this forever. Weekend, I would have definitely extended my trip, and I would have played every day for the remainder of my stay. Because that's how good I felt. And my golf game was getting better as, as I played more. As you'd expect, yeah. Yeah. So got, got the rust off the, the old swing. But you know what was really Toronto weird? Winter. And I've never experienced this type of golf. Golfing with gators around. Mm-hmm. That's Florida, man. That's like, Florida. Lots it, it's of It's insane, man. It's, it, it creates a new level of intensity. Yeah, stay you're clear of the water. You don't stay want those clear balls. Of the water. You're not getting the you gotta go fishing for those balls. No chance. My if and I and I lost a couple balls in the water, but anytime my ball came close to the water, it was like Chow. <laughs> I'm I'm like, okay, if this thing's anywhere close to it, I don't care. I'm taking a stroke penalty. I'm not even heading it anywhere near it. It was crazy. Kate Burness will join us at 9.15. She loves going down to Florida. Maybe she's got some Florida tales as well. It's also the Raptors and the Magic. You can hear it tonight on TSN 1050. It's a game the Raptors should win, although it sounds like they're doing some serious injury concerns tonight with Achua, Trent, and Ananobi all potentially missing the game. So uh, that's pretty significant. Okay, so I wasn't here post-trade deadline. And I don't know, do we have enough time to get into it eh, now? or could do it a little bit later, yeah. What was your reaction to the Raptors' response at the trade deadline? Oh, you were here after, after that. No, I, Wednesday or Thursday was oh, the trade deadline. I was um, gone. Yeah, we, we could talk about it a little bit later. But, yeah, I think a lot of people were disappointed as to how it played out. But at the same time... Didn't sound like there were that many options to begin with. So we'll talk about that again. Kate S will join us. We'll play some Who Says No and lots of trade rumors swirling in the NHL. And I'm sure producer Cheese has got him top of mind as the Tuesday morning edition of First Stop continues after this. All right, we're back on First Up, Karolik and Koli Akabo with you. Our producer, Cheese, does remarkable work, and I would argue that some of his proposals in this segment may be his finest. Cheese, this is Who Says No, where you propose... 
different trades and contracts and whatever. And we react to them. And there will be some reactions, my friend. What's going on today? Your reaction won't be as good as mine when I found out that I got free McDonald's this morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's <laughs> how that's how a good a d- hash brown. That's how a day starts, buddy. The hash browns at McDonald's have gotten They're way, nice, eh? way better. Crispy. Nice. Crispy. Yes. yes. So we got Chris Johnston on later. Let's uh let's start with Eric Carlson. I feel like that's appropriate. The Oilers trade Evan Bouchard, a first round pick and salary filler to the Sharks for Eric Carlson. San Jose retains 40% of his deal, so it's a $7 million AAV. I think San Jose says no to that. There was a report yesterday from Bob Stoffer in Edmonton that the price is Will, uh, Xavier Bourgeau, who's a first-round pick yes. in, in 2021. Evan Bouchard, another defenseman, another first-round pick, and then their pick this year, plus Tyson Berry and other fillers, and then San Jose has to retain. So I think you're short a first-round pick. That's steep, man. That is a steep price. Is it? I mean, Eric Carlson might be the best defenseman on the planet right now. <laughs> he is, but for how long? I mean, that, I mean, if you win the Stanley Cup this year, does it really matter? You, you know what? The question for how long is is such a... No one knows. Yeah, it, it's such a... Um, uh, a question mark, really, because... And to be honest with you, I think it's a non-factor, because... If you look at the window of McDavid and Dreisaitl's contracts, I believe there's, what, three years left on those deals? Sounds uh, about McDavid right. has three after this, and Dreisaitl has two after this. Okay, so uh, let's be honest. The window for the Edmonton Oilers to try to win with this group is within the next two or three years. Do I think Eric Carlson's going to fall off the map of the NHL in the next two or three years? Absolutely not. I mean, you don't play at this level and then just completely fall off. And and the thing about Eric Carlson is he's not going to lose his brains. And his brains will, will keep him in the game because he'll just know how to move the puck. Will he maybe lose his foot speed a little bit? Maybe, but not the way you see him skating right now. And so if you're the Edmonton Oilers... This isn't this is an all in move for them, and I and if if that's the move that ultimately is the deal breaker for them, they should be signing off on it. Waking up this morning, Borgo Bouchard a first, and then salary and then retention? Tyson Berry and something else. Okay, like, Borgo yep. doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Bouchard's a really good player, but he's playing in their bottom pair right now. And you're replacing Tyson Berry with Eric Carlson. Like, it's a no-brainer People for me. look at Carlson like, oh, he doesn't even defend. I mean, you don't need to defend when you have the puck on your stick literally at every That's moment at five-on-five. Five. To defend. Yeah, and, and Edmonton is the best power play in the NHL, probably by a large margin. You got Eric Carlson on that thing. Like, I don't even know what they're going to do. And it's funny Good luck. that, you know, I sort of started to play around with this idea after watching the All-Star game because the Pacific team... Their threesome that was on the ice was McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Eric Carlson. No coincidence there. there <laughs> I know they're myself, doing. Wow, if these guys actually played on a team together. So, look, if I don't know who says no to this. If anything, San Jose would probably say no because I don't think they'd want to retain 40% of the contract for the next 40 years. But ultimately, I think this package of a deal that you just presented is a yes that's for what, both ways. Yeah, that's that's what it's it's going to be. I think it's going to get done before the dead, deadline. Bro I think Bo both was, was I, I think both teams should be player. both teams should be very motivated to that trade. It makes yeah. perfect sense for and both Bouchard sides. Bouchard can be the up and coming replacement for Carlson. Yeah, I mean, San Jose gets three quality pieces, mm-hmm. young pieces. Tyson Berry, they could flip Tyson Berry right. and get something good for him too. Right. 
And then you tank. Right. <laughs> and you try to lose as many games as possible down the stretch. And you take Eric Carlson off that San Jose team, they will be absolute oh, utter junk. Timo Meyer. Yeah. Oh, and Timo Meyer. Yeah. It's like yeah. they might not win another game. Like yeah. Eric Carlson carries these guys. Carries these guys. Yep. Uh, I almost think he's underrated, which is weird to yeah. say, considering he's going to win the Norris and probably going to be a top five, six, seven guy in the Hart Trophy conversation. But keep in mind, there's not been a defenseman since 1992 to record 100 points. He needs 27 in his last 28 games to do so. But six. Point a game? Less than a point a game. But yeah, basically a point a game. Anyways, very compelling question, Cheese. What's next? Let's go to the other hot name defenseman. The Leafs trade their first round pick, Rasmus Sandin and Ronnie Hervinen for Jacob Chikrin. Who says no? I think the Leafs say no to that. I don't think it makes sense to trade what? Rasmus Sandin what? off your... Well, I mean, as far as what people are trying to speculate, what the LA Kings would have to give up for for Jacob Chikrin, which is about Brant Clark and like a second-round pick. Was that the rumor? I, I thought... Vi- v- v- Gabe, Gabe, Gabe Velarde. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know the relative value of all these guys, but... Does Brant Clark have more value than Rasmus Sandin at this point? Probably. I guess he's younger. Probably. Higher, up, more... higher upside, for no sure. Chance, Based man. on where he's drafted, you don't think so? I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of guys were drafted Sandin high, but... Three years in the NHL, man. Right, but who would you say has the higher ceiling if, they, if it hits? I still think Rasmus Sandin does. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. And we live in the Toronto bubble, so it's hard to really... And Brant Clark was first-round pick, what, top-ten pick with the Kings, and yeah. saw him at the World Juniors... Uh, tight with you know the whole the Shane Wright, Brennan Hoffman crew from the Don Mills Flyers, of course. But I don't know. I mean, I love Jacob Chikrin as much as anybody does. But I mean, that's I think in an ideal world, you don't want to take away from your current decor to bring in Jacob Chikrin. You're making a move for the next couple of years. I think Rasmus Sandin is a big you, part of that. I tell you one thing: if the if that's an actual offer that the Arizona Coyotes would be interested in from the Maple Leafs. Sandine a first and Hervinen. Yeah, I don't also don't know what Hervinen is. No, no, is I'm just well. saying if if that is the package that ultimately excites Arizona, I don't know what you're waiting for to pull the trigger on the deal for Jacob Chikrin. Jacob Chikrin's under contract for another two more years after this one at one of the best cap hits for the type of defenseman you're gonna potentially get in this deal. So I mean you, you talk about a guy that can play all situations, a guy that can, you know, Produce offense. The guy that can play physical, he checks every box for a defenseman. I don't know why he wouldn't make this deal for him. And to be honest, with with all the news that broke over the weekend about him being a healthy scratch because of trade reasons, and you know later in the broadcast you heard that the Maple Leafs are out. I'm thinking to myself, well that sucks because clearly I would if you're looking for a defenseman that checks all the boxes this is the guy I definitely would be targeted regardless of what the price is and really really when you really think about it I think Arizona is doing is playing this perfectly they they know you know how wanted a guy like Chikrin is and they're basically saying look we're not giving him away you pay the price you can have him I don't know what the price and I, is. And if I and who says no in this I, Arizona would be the team that says no in this cuz clearly they don't believe it's enough for what they're what they're giving up in chicken. Yeah, I think that, I think it's possible the Leafs would do this trade. It's especially probably likely. But I think if you're trying to prioritize winning this year and you want to bring in Chikrin, you may as well keep Sandine as well because you Why? want depth on the back end. And I get Chikrin's will obviously slide in your top four immediately and play ahead of Sandine. But this is if you're talking about deal for the president and for the future, you'd probably rather give up. I guess you'd the rather. I guess you'd rather you'd rather have Sandine than Nice, right? I don't. I would rather have Nice or Sandine for the next. Five years. I don't nice. know. 
I mean, again, the, the Nye's thing is something that he's so hyped in Toronto now. Oh, that I don't know a bit is. overboard. Well, I, I don't know how he's viewed around the NHL relative to how we perceive him here, but, I mean, I don't know. You know, the Leafs have been if very if reticent to trade him. If you're replacing him. Sandine with Chikorin, it's, it's, it's an easy way to forget about Sandine. No, that is true. That is true. Uh, we got time for one more cheese? Uh, yeah, you got it. Patrick Mahomes, he lays claim to already being the second-best QB of all time. Who says no among former NFL QBs? So so I'm pretty much asking you, if Mahomes isn't two, who's number two all well, time? He's definitely not the second-best quarterback in NFL history. He's played for five years. I mean, he's had maybe the, he's had the best start through five years. Yeah, he's had, he definitely has the best resume through five through, years, through five years yeah. of his career. But he's not close years. to a top five, top no, two like, quarterback of all Montana time. Montana never lost in the playoffs. No, I mean it's a long list of guys John who Elway, you still have out of them. Peyton Manning. Yeah, I mean there's. I can't believe we're talking about a guy who's it's played so, it's five so years stupid. In the I can't believe people it, continue it, to bring it, this up. And, no and, offense, cheese, but I mean, <laughs> I, it's just such an absurd thing that people like. Why are you like let let the guy play his career? Yes. Why are you already making him the second best quarterback in the history try, of the sport? And trying what? to put him in the goat conversation. Like Connor McDavid is not the second best player in NHL history because he's had a great start. I guess Mahomes have won MVPs and and, and Super Bowl MVPs. It's a little bit different of a conversation. Although actually, it's really not because people are like, "Oh, is McDavid better than Gretzky? than Mark Messier?" Like, well, like he is. no, he's not because Mark Messier played fifteen hundred games in the NHL. McDavid's played like four hundred, five hundred games. So let it play out. There will be a time for the conversation. Mahomes could he be the second best quarterback of all time? Absolutely. But there's a long list of guys at this moment on the all time pantheon of quarterbacks that are ahead of Patrick Mahomes. That's my thoughts. I mean, I think you could make a pretty compelling argument that, like, if he were to retire right now, Mahomes, he would be a Hall of Famer. Oh, for sure. All, all he needs is the five years. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, well, what's he going to do over the next five years? Like, he, he could have this wrapped up, this discussion, within the next five years. That I agree with. I think you could make an argument that Mahomes is, is a Hall of Famer today if he were to retire. But, again, just because you're a Hall of Famer today doesn't make you the second-best quarterback in NFL history. There's a lot of people who are currently Hall of Famers who would have a better claim on that one. But Mahomes, he is the man. There's no doubt about that. And um, he's got a long run ahead of him in Kansas City, who have a ton of cap space, by the way. Like, they could go out and sign some players on offense. Well, the one thing that I thought of after watching the Kansas City Chiefs receive their Lombardi trophy is somebody check on Tyreek Hill. Because... Remember the big debate in the offseason is, oh my God, can't believe the Kansas City Chiefs gave up or traded away Tyree Kill, one of the best dynamic wide receivers in, in the league. Well, they just won a Super Bowl without well, him. Well, he did win a Super Bowl. He's already won a Super Bowl, and he's probably chilling down in Florida next to your buddy's compound right, in the gated community where probably. I don't think he's too concerned. Yeah. He's happy for his buddies. That would be my guess. But, but I mean, it just goes to say, like, to show you, like, if you have a good coach, and I mean, this is the whole New England Patriots conversation with Belichick and Brady, where year after year they would just filter new guys in, new guys out. This is almost the model that the Kansas City Chiefs are are utilizing right now with Reed and and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yep. That as long as they've got those two there, they can you know find different schemes that they could draw up that could find success for them. We've got the first up scoreboard coming up on the other side, plus our NFL bold predictions for 2023. I have four in the holster, and they will blow your mind, Koliak. Well, now you're trying to ease back from vacation, but no easing here on first. I'm a jam-packed show 
here on TSN Radio, including Chris Johnston, in about an hour with the latest on Chikrin, Carlson, and Timo Meyer. The scoreboard is next. On the night, by the way, this is the first up scoreboard, on the night that Bruce Garriock in the Ottawa Sun reported that Ryan Reynolds has chosen his preferred suitor as far as his pursuit of purchasing the Ottawa Senators, the Sens pick up a big win in overtime. Tim Stutzla scoring in OT. Fourth, fourth point of the game for Timmy Stutzla. What a performance from him. And My question to you is... Why did Ryan Reynolds pick just one ownership group? Why wouldn't the deal be, hey, whoever wins the bid is taking Ryan Reynolds in with you? Maybe he doesn't want to work with certain people. That's fair. <laughs> fair. I don't know. I, mean, saying, like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know the the, uh, the the politics of that, but it's a company called the Remington Group, right? And you know they're really rich dudes from Southern Ontario, and I don't know, they they made a pitch to Reynolds. Also, the answer to your question is. It's a pursuit of a hotly desired franchise, right? So to lure Reynolds, to get Reynolds to commit to you, means a lot potentially for your ability to actually secure. Because I, I would think the NHL would want Ryan Reynolds part of any, any ownership group because oh, it's sure. good marketing, right? And so does this give the Remington group? The leg up right now? It, it would have to. It would have to. And there's some really quality bids from really rich people. Mm-hmm. So this could be an interesting process. We'll ask Chris Johnson about it at okay. 745. Uh, Arizona, 4-2 winners over Nashville. The Florida Panthers picking up another win. 2-1 over the Minnesota Wild in a shootout. How about Detroit? 6-1 over the Canucks. Dylan Larkin had a big performance. And Vancouver is deep into the cellar. Or they're, they're heading... That way, very, well, they've won one very game since the coaching change, right? Yeah, they're twenty-one and twenty-nine. All of a sudden, they're six in the Pacific. How many games have they won here? They beat the Islanders six-five uh, and have not won another game since. So, no, they won their opening game with Tockett. It was the oh, Chicago that's right, game. that's right, that's right. But yeah, it's been a they've tough won, go for they've them. They won two games with Tockett as the it's, coach. It's been a tough go, but which is probably what they were hoping for, honestly, and expecting, considering the circumstances. And they're only getting worse. Sounds mm-hmm. like Luke Shen could be on the way out in the not-too-distant future as well. The LA Kings 5-2 win winners over the Buffalo Sabres, and Adrian Kempe scores again. Coming off that four-goal game on Saturday night, uh, he and the Kings pick up a big win over the Sabres. How about LeBron and the Lakers? Oh, wait, LeBron didn't play, and the Lakers lost by 12 to Portland. LeBron healthy enough to go to the Super Bowl, show it on the screen, fly out there to Phoenix, then fly to Portland, go through an extensive pregame workout, and not play in a crucial game for his team. Did they stop LeBron? Win, sorry? No, no, they lost by 12. Okay, so this is my problem with, with LeBron James and some of the uh, reactions to uh, that uh, from NBA players. LeBron breaks the record against the... Who did they beat that game? Um, can't remember who they beat. But anyways, Kareem gives him the ball, hasn't played a game since. A couple nights later, did you see the party that he threw? It wasn't that the same night. Was it the same night? It might have been with the tequila and the goats the coming goats, in. I he mean, brought his own goats. Like, buddy, your team is horrible. You're in so, your twentieth year. Like, why aren't you like work? Like, why is he in Arizona at the right. Super Bowl 
drinking and doing the crown thing and people Getting booing him. By everybody. I, I don't understand. And he's if not you're his fit teammate, you're like, what the hell is going on yeah. right here? If you're not healthy enough to play. That's, then sit your ass back at the training facility and get out enough to play. That That's basically my, my response to all It's this, absolutely craziness. I'm, I'm watching it. And the NBA it. Like, lets it slide. It, well, well, the NBA, I mean, it's the Lakers who let it slide. It's not the NBA's problem. Oh, but The NBA should basically say, hey, man, like we, the league needs the Lakers, you and the Lakers oh, in well, the playoffs. Why I, don't you focus on getting healthier? Instead I, mean, of- I, don't think, I don't think the NBA cares about that, but I mean, definitely the Lakers and their fans should care about that. I think it's just craziness what's going on. Uh, with LeBron and the Lakers, who are like so deep, like out of it right now. What's their current record? I mean, it's not even remotely close. They're 13th in the West, and they lose again last night. Two Huge game for games them. Back. Huge game for them. That's just just nuts. Anyways, we've got a lot of good stuff coming in hour number two, including, including Chris Johnston. Uh, we'll play some make sense or nonsense, and get back to some of the debates regarding NHL trade targets, Chikrin, Carlson, and a team coming to town tomorrow night in the Chicago Blackhawks who will be big-time sellers. Who should the Leafs be interested in? We'll debate it on the other side as Koliakovo makes his return here on First Stop, TSN 1050.